What's up? It's your girl here, Maya Sanita, and welcome to the Refined Nation Station. Hey, listen, my mission is to inspire others as they are refined in Christ. Stay tuned. Let's have a great time. Yeah. What's up, Refined Nationers? Welcome back to the Refined Nation Station, the podcast. As we come to our final episode in this season three next level series, man, let's just think about it. We have had a blast. We have had the opportunity to speak to artists, entrepreneurs, and other podcasters. We've spoken to doctors. We've spoken to a variety of different backgrounds during this season, and it has been phenomenal. So if you missed any of the episodes, by all means, go back and check them out. You will Mm -hmm. be encouraged. You're going to be inspired. Inspired, blessed in all of that, just because you are going to just hear some practical and spiritual advice as well as laugh a moment or two. Our guest today is an entrepreneur who owns a school that develops estheticians. She is also an author and motivational speaker. Her goal is to bring encouragement and inspiration to others while sharing what it takes to build a successful, sustainable business and including biblical principles that we all can live by. So let's go ahead and get into it. Refined Nation, please give a warm welcome to Tessa Boyd. But before we get into the details of this series, Next Level, go ahead and follow the podcast. Be sure to share it with a friend or two. And also, please be sure to rate the podcast as we want to continue telling the world about Jesus. Thanks as we go ahead and get started. And welcome back, Refined Nation. I am so excited. Today we have one of my most Uh, like one of the best people that I can even think of for this particular episode. So I am excited to have her on. And if you guys would please welcome Tessa Boyd. Hey, hello, Refine Nation. How are you all? So glad to be on the show. We are so excited to have you on. We are going to get into some topics today. Oh man, you are an esthetician. And I know that there are a lot of people out there with questions in regards to it and how you really are able to be a businesswoman the way that you are. So I'm excited. We're going to get into these questions. And so let's go ahead and jump in. All right. So Tessa Boyd, please tell us about how you got started as an esthetician. Oh, great question. So I have now been an esthetician, um, I would just say the year, since two, I started the journey in 2004, where I, I went to school, back to school, because I have a bachelor's degree. So I went back to school to become an esthetician. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it was because growing up, I had so many issues with my skin, including having eczema, having acne, and mm. as a result, having acne scars. So I mm. kind of felt like, and I started loving to do makeup, and I was doing makeup for athletes, specifically bodybuilders, female bodybuilders, and I just had a knack mm. for it, and I didn't even know growing up that I had a creative side as a makeup artist. So it was self-taught of make doing makeup artistry, and then I decided that I want a formal education. So I enrolled in skincare school. That is so cool. Like that's I always like to hear people's backstory on how they got started because every time I hear one, it's like, yes. yo, I would have never guessed that. So you were doing makeup for like bodybuilders, and from there it became like, oh wait, I think I have a knack for this. This is pretty cool. It was <laughs> just like that. I mean, I started off. I was in a relationship with a professional bodybuilder, so I started off doing his. Um, 
spray tan. He was a lighter complected guy. So I was spraying him with a tanning product and I learned how to contour, contour and highlighting, not even knowing it was called that. I just said outline his abs. I just called it, I'm outlining your abs. And now they call it, you know, it's contouring and highlighting. Had no idea I was doing that. (laughs) I just was doing it. Defining his abs. That is so great. I mean, I love that. That's such a great little story. Mm -hmm. So you also have an esthetician school and you've had it for a while, but can you just tell us a little bit about how you, how you got to that point in your life and like what led you to open and creating a school? So there's something crazy that I had the opportunity. I think when I was 17, my dad introduced me to a man named Miles Monroe and Miles Monroe is all about the pursuit of purpose, pursuing your dreams. So at a young age, I had this nugget of whatever I do is going to be purpose filled. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I knew I wanted to start my own business, but I was like, and I grew up seeing my dad be an entrepreneur and have his own business, but it was in insurance, specifically life insurance. And I was like, all you do is give people checks when they die. And I was just like, that just, it was kind of morbid what he did. (laughs) So (laughs) I knew I didn't want to have a business of life insurance, but I wanted to have a business. Mm -hmm. And so I promised myself that I wasn't going to start a business until I knew what my purpose was. So leading to that road of going back to school, going to a steady school. And actually, you know, I I went to business college. I I went to University of Cincinnati College of Business. So now you kind of see the direction in my life was, okay, you graduate from business school, you work a job, you, you try to climb the corporate ladder. And I knew that I was entrepreneur in spirit. And so that wasn't working for me. But again, I didn't know what I wanted to really do. So when I went in the course of going back to school to be an esthetician, I was like, there's something to this. Mm. And I was like, either I'm going to start my own salon and spa, but I never thought it would be education. Like I didn't think it would be a skincare school. Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity when I graduated, I worked for quite a bit of different companies uh, doing um, makeup artistry. And then I had the opportunity to work with Sephora and Sephora at that time, I'm old school Sephora. So old school Sephora was, and I'm not going to say they don't do this now, but I'm just saying it was huge. They were huge in education Mm. and they flew us. We got, I got flown to New York multiple times um, and I was watching their trainers train Mm. and how they were so good at educating their uh, associates. And I was like, I want to be like them. So I thought I was going to be in education in the Sephora world, but that door closed. But the the door that opened up next was working at a skincare school. And I became a skincare instructor. And it was for the, I believe that was the first time in my entire life that I remember waking up every morning feeling a sense of purpose. I was like, I'm training people to be like me. And I saw that I love pouring into people. I love pouring into young people and aspiring estheticians. They weren't all young, but I just enjoyed pouring into people. And I was like, I finally realized what I want to do. I want to get into education. Mm -hmm. So what I did was... um, I actually ended up becoming the director of education there. I got promoted from skincare educator to being the dean of the college. And through that, I didn't like it. I'll be honest. I didn't like being in management, having no idea God was preparing me to own my own school. So I had the opportunity to be the dean of that school for almost three years. And then when I exited the school, I left the school the only other thing for me to do was to start my own school mm-hmm. because I had been trained. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We left, I think it was April, 2000 and, um, wow, 
12, basically I had to school now for 12 years. Yeah. So you take that minus 12. I've had to school now for 12 years. Y'all do the math. And I left, um, <laughs> yeah, y'all do the math because I'm, I'm not mathing right now. But yeah, 12 years now I've had to school. And so that's how the, school, the skincare school was birthed. Man, that is so cool. Man, what a great journey that was must have been. I'm sure it was challenging at times. And man, then I'm man. sure it's very, I mean, clearly it's very re- rewarding now, you know. So mm-hmm. that's really yeah. awesome. I think about when I used to, um, when you were talking about Sephora, I was thinking about when I used to work, I used to be assistant manager at Starbucks. And they had a very similar oh. um, thing where they would have people, we would be able to go places and train for a day and go to events and help out and stuff like that. And how that really did help me to understand a lot about business and use a lot of those customer service skills. Even to this day, I use a lot of those customer service skills Mm -hmm. and even some of those management things that I've learned over the years and deployment and things of that nature. I think about uh, owning Mm -hmm. a a coffee shop every once in a while. I'm about to open me a coffee shop, but you know, I, I don't know. So that's really, I mean, I think it's really, really great what you're doing in regards to not just building a business, but you're actually building a business that will help others to build their business in the long run if they choose to. So um, you're you're basically building a dynasty. I don't know if you noticed it, but it's like dynasty. I call it I call it a legacy. I like the word dynasty too. (laughs) I'm like I always was like I I have to know that I'm leaving behind a legacy. Yeah, you know my one of my models. I think I have it on Facebook Mm -hmm. is. To live full and to die empty. Yeah. And like, I want to die being completely depleted. Everything I'm meant for to do on this earth, I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like dynasty, yes, but definitely leaving behind a legacy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it can be through your impartation to other people. Right. Absolutely. What a beautiful thing that you've started and now and have been consistent with for several years. That's pretty yes. cool. I've been an esthetician now 18 years. Wow. I've been an esthetician eight, 18 years and had to school now for 12. That's 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 wonderful. Listen, some people can't get through any kind of anything for more than two, three years, you know. So that kind of focus definitely comes with some type of determination and willingness to sacrifice and things of that nature. I really have my hat off to you. Thank but you. yeah, so as a Christian, why do you feel it's important to build a sustainable business? You know, it's so funny. On Sunday, I hosted an event that was talking about King them entrepreneurship and what that is and what it looks hmm. like. And so we were like, we, we, we went through the process of having a kingdom mindset. And then we also went into why it's important as a Christian or a kingdom citizen to have our own. And I really believe that the best way to fund the kingdom of God is by having people in the kingdom that can afford to fund it. Wow. So I am not here just for Tessa or what I can get. I am here to be a conduit of whatever God needs to happen in the kingdom. I can be able to afford to do it. And a lot of times that comes through owning businesses. Mm -hmm. You're able to have the means to be able to fund the kingdom of God. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the reasons why I'm starting to do a lot more entrepreneurial things, just to kind of build up and be able to build a brand that will be able to help others. Um, One thing I see, and it's kind of popular, more popular now than it was maybe even two years ago, is something, you know, that you see people doing on YouTube in area of like philanthropy and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But let's philanthropy is just a copycat of what God really wants us to do. You know, the Bible talks mm-hmm. about how there's nothing new under the sun. So this philanthropy that all of a sudden everybody wants to give away cars or hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever the case may be to homeless people or whatever the case may be. Um, although it, it resembles that of Christ, there if you're not part of the kingdom, it's not something that is kingdom minded or kingdom driven. I should 
say. So I think it's super important that we as Christians begin to start to walk in an element or a higher calling in the area of entrepreneurial so that we can do those things like do what you're speaking of and being able to fund kingdom businesses and being able to assist others. Um, Refine Nation, we spoke earlier of an event I did even just a few years ago uh, in regards to what I called, I forget what's called, the hug movement or something like that, where free hugs were given out. But I also was going around to like homeless people and just passing out different packages and things like that just to help out a little bit to show people that God still loves you no matter what your circumstance is. And I think that's something that is very important to remember that as God continues to bless us and as God continues to allow us to have prosperity and even financial means, that we are those that also give so that others can see the love of Christ in their lives. In your book, you mentioned the process of leaving your job and starting your own business. What advice can you give to anyone maybe going through a similar season of their life? I think, you know, in leaving your job, your full-time job to start your own business, one, I think you have to be prayerful to know that is the thing for you to do. Um, I hope that in my book, I, I explain there's different processes that you can go to through to lead to entrepreneurship. Everyone isn't called to quit their full-time job to start their own business. And I think sometimes the best time to start your business is when you are working for someone right. and you know you have benefits and you know where money is coming from every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, everyone has different measures, okay? So I lived in my business for two and a half years. I was able to abandon all, but not everybody can do that. You know what I mean? Not everybody has that type of faith to be like, I'm abandoning all. I'm living in my business. I'm living out of a Murphy's bed just because of that dream. And Mm -hmm. so there are things that come along with sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but sometimes, you know, people may have, they may be a single mom or they may be married and you're the primary breadwinner. So what I want to say is if you're at a point of frustration from your nine to five, use the five to nine shift when you're after hours to start sowing seed into your business. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I'll just give practical advice, even for some of my students there, I have an evening program that's two days a week on Tuesday and Thursday night classes from six to 10. And then a lot of people graduate and they're like, but I can't just quit my job and uh, start being an esthetician full time. And I'm like, absolutely not. You mm-hmm. have a bank job from nine to five, but you were able to come to class every Tuesday and Thursday from six to 10. Mm-hmm. So go find a job, maybe massage envy or hand in stone that has those six to nine or six to 10 shifts. Go work there and get your books filled for mm-hmm. those two nights. Cause you already did Tuesday and Thursday for four plus months. Why not keep doing that until your books fill up and you can then transition? So one of the things is if you're going to abandon all by, like me, you got to have some abandon all faith. Right. <laughs> and in the meantime, if you have time after hours, start funding your business that way. You know, where the best time sometimes to fund your business is when you got a job, when you have a job and you have money consistently coming in. Right. Absolutely. So can you tell us why you named the book? It was It's called uh, The Classy Hustle, right? Yes. My book is called The Classy Hustle. And why I chose the name The Classy Hustle is because... I knew that I was a hustler per se, and there's a a lot of negative connotation to hustler. Mm -hmm. And so I called it the classy hustle because I wanted to be able to tell my story in a way that was dignified, that I didn't have any 
thing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. And along my journey, people wanted me to compromise. And when I say compromise, they didn't understand why I wasn't in a relationship because I was single and they felt like I was single and attractive. Why I wasn't getting a guy Mm -hmm. to, you know, pay for my pay my rent and do certain things. <laughs> right, and so right. one girl literally, and I talk about her in a book, she literally was like, yo, you mean you struggling financially when you can seriously just have guys pay for you to, to do what you do? But I'm like, then they, it's their business. Right. I want it to be my business. Mm-hmm. And so she literally started calling all her different you know, guys and show, and yeah, I need some money to pay my electric. Yeah, I need some money to pay my gas. And she went through about five different people mm-hmm. showing me how she collects money for what she, for her exchange. Wow. And I was like, with exchange is a compromise, but it's also not yours. Right. It's not truly your business, you know? And so that's why I call it the classy hustle. I wanted to show that I hustled, but I also did it in a way that was classy mm-hmm. and uh, in a way that I can be able to tell it on this podcast, yeah. having no shame. Listen, you, <laughs> I say this all the time. When you look back on everything that you did to build your brand and you see the success of it, you also want to be able to say you did not compromise. And you, and you want to be able to say it with dignity and honor. So many times you hear crazy stories and they're like, all you got to do is this one thing. I'm like, bro. But then you have to live with that the rest of your life. Like, can you really, with a good conscience, do Hmm. that? And so I think that's a cool, I just thought it was a cool name. I thought it was a classy name. You guys go get her book. It's out there. Y'all go get her book. And um, we'll talk more about where you can get it. But yeah, y'all go get the book. It's a good book. So um, what advice can you give to any budding authors who desire to write a book of their own? I would say go for it and do it. I think I never, I was, I'm totally honest. I don't know if I've ever told this, but I struggled with writing growing up. Um, And in college, I struggled to put my thoughts on paper. And then I found out, I think my third year of college, that I'm slightly dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And so you're dealing with somebody who who way my brain, I guess, is programmed to think. Um, I kind of think some things are backwards and I didn't have the ability at first to be able to write a thought. I'd be like, I want to say this, but how do I say it? And I used to call my sister, my freshman year of college, every time I had a paper due. And I'd be like, can you help me say this? And finally, she was like, look, you're going to have to just start saying it. (laughs) And I never forget when she kind of like fired me from being my assistant of writing. I wrote a paper and I got a B minus. And for me, that B minus, he scratched it up. And I think I still have that paper around here. And he knew, he saw in my writing that I was trying so hard to articulate it. Mm -hmm. And why it has a lot of red ink on there, he was like, I see that you're really trying to tell your story. So to get from that of not even being able to write a full sentence without a correction needed to now to be able to write my first book. And I'm right now I'm living in my second book and that's about to come out probably the next year or so. I just feel like, you know, writing a book is something that is such a sense of accomplishment and it, it's a part of leaving a legacy behind. Or you say a dynasty, you have a story, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. I think everyone should go about doing it. And then the thing is, is this, if you can't do it on your own, hire a coach, hire mm-hmm. somebody. I hire somebody to help me. He, he put me on a 16 week plan to write a book. 16 weeks. I was, what took me about seven, eight years to do trying to write a book. 
took no probably closer to ten. I said I've been writing. I said I was on writing book for almost ten years, mm-hmm. and to be able to do it in sixteen weeks, that was the I believe the power of having a coach. And so, mm-hmm. if you can't do it, hire somebody that can help you do it. Man, that's actually really good. I was thinking about that in regards to just writing a book. It's something that I desire to do. I have not yet to do it. And so many people always wonder, like, how do you get started writing a book? And a lot of people feel the same way that you do. Like, man, I'm not good. Or you did, I should say. Like, I'm not that good with my words. And I know what I want to say, but I'm not sure how to articulate it. And how do you make what's in my brain go to this piece of paper to turn into a book, to turn into me being an author? Like, it's just so many different questions that people ask in regards to just starting a book, which I think is why a lot of people... Um, have it on their, you know, their to-do list, but it's not really being done. Yes. So it's just super, it's like a good little nugget. You guys, if you want to have somebody, if you want to do a book, maybe look into finding a coach, you know, or, or a mentor or somebody who can really just help guide you through the process. Some things are worth paying for, you know, in order to have that product out the way you want it to be. I think that's a really good tip that you've just given us in regards to that. Cause I know that, um, I know people that are in like book, uh, author clubs, I guess I'll call it for the lack of actual knowing what it is and them being able just to be around a circle of people that maybe have already written a book. Maybe you can go on Facebook if you don't have money for like a coach and just join some of the little groups or whatever, just to see what they have to say, see if they'll let you in the group. And from there, just proceed forward. But whatever you do, don't just stop and and be like, well, I guess one day, you know, you look up and one day has been 10 years. One day has been 15 years. And like you were saying, Tessa, it only took you 16 weeks, you know? And so that's a huge difference from 15, 16 years. Boy, we talking decades at this point. Yes. So you can talk days and weeks instead of decades. Just keep that in mind, guys. I do feel like that's something that we need to just stop doing is like just looking more at the doubt of a thing and start looking at where you can grow and what you can do to continue to move forward and what God has called you to be. Because listen, that book that you have is really going to be a blessing to many people. A lot of people are going to read the Classy Hustle. And I'm even just going to say this in a step of faith that it'll begin to rise in the charts so that people will see it even the more, even let's call it, man. Let's be number yes. one in that specific yes. spot. You know, I just believe that yes. God has plans for that book. I know that I'm I can't wait to just keep telling people about it. I'm going to definitely put all the information within the description box so that people can find it and go to it and buy it, you know, because that's important. So on that note, can you share with Refine Nation where they can find out more about your school as well as speaking engagements and where can they purchase your book? Absolutely. The name of my skincare school is called Elise Aesthetics Institute. And Elise is spelled E-L as in Larry, I-S as in Sam, E, Elise. And that is my middle name, by the way. Come on, middle name. So yeah, so it's Elise Aesthetics Institute. And the aesthetics is spelled with the E and not with the A. So that's E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S Institute. So the website is www.eliseaestheticsinstitute.com. And that's where you can find out more about our school. And one of the things that's very significant about my school is in Florida. So you do need to probably be living here or want to live here. Um, we are the first online hybrid skincare school in the state of Florida. So what does that mean? You can still work your day job and go to school at night and pursue your dream of becoming an esthetician without having to sacrifice financially for your family. And that's important. The second thing is if you're interested in having me uh, come to a speaking engagement or be on podcasts, um, you can find my book on my website and that is tessaeboyd.com. 
So that's how you can find me on my website. And then the school information is a different website. But we'd love to have be a part of it, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys, if you are interested in having her come to speak at anything that you have, or if you are interested in being an esthetician or want to know more about that, just be sure to go check out her links because you're not going to be disappointed when you go. And you're going to actually be doing something that you've always wanted to do or maybe have always been curious about. Or if you have her to come out, listen, you are going to have a good time. One thing. I know about Tessa Boyd is she's not boring. So you're going to have a good time. I'm not boring. (laughs) So that I know she's not, she's all business and she's not boring. So (laughs) I think that's a rare combination. I'm super happy that you are able to come on my show today and just really share your heart and um, share about the things that God has kind of led you into and how you got there. I think it's a true blessing um, for us to see more women just being business people, especially African American women being able to just show like, hey, African American women can also be business people. We can also be financially stable. We can also be family people. We can also be, um, like you were saying, leaving those who leave a legacy. And so I'm so glad that you were able to come and just share your heart with us today. And I'm so excited about what God is going to do for you in the future and even what he's birthing through you now. And so what a blessing it is to have had you to come on uh, for this particular podcast episode and in this next level series, as we have been focusing on having people who are entrepreneurs and business minded people who have the heart of Christ that are not just out there doing things or hustling any kind of way, but doing things that bring value to others as well as bringing value to themselves. So I am grateful for your time today and being able to come on and see us. And thank you so much for having me, Maya. Congratulations on the success of your show. Thank you. Thank you so very much. So what we're going to do just real quick is we'll go ahead and pray out. And then from there, you know, I just want um, everybody to have a beautiful rest of their day. So let's get into it. God, I just thank you for Tessa. Thank you for her life. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for her businesses. Thank you, God, for Refine Nation. I pray today that there will be those who hear this podcast and will be inspired to move forward in what you've called them to do whether it be writing a book, starting a business, uh, starting a school, whatever it is, God, I pray that you will bless the works of their hands. I pray, God, for elevation in Tessa's life. I thank you for protection over her life, over her finances, over her family. I thank you, God, that what you started in her, that you will complete a good work in her life, God. I thank you for your supernatural wisdom that will pour over her, God, as she continues to pursue the things of God and those things that you've called her to, that it will be, God, a legacy for her and for her family. We pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe, or follow for more upcoming content. You can find Refine Nation Station on any podcast platform where you listen to your audio podcast. Also, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, now is always a good time. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And as always, Jesus loves you. And guess what? I do too. Be blessed.